Because last Sunday's message on this series was a foundational message for your faith in Christ. Uh, it's a foundational message for this church and who we are. And it's a foundational message for this series as well. So uh, welcome to those of you who are here today. Welcome to our podcast listeners. So good to have you with us as well. As we look at chapter 2, we're going chapter by chapter through this amazing letter that Paul wrote. It was a letter to some churches that he was involved in planting in an area called Galatia, the ancient world of Galatia, which would be modern-day Turkey area, uh, just so geographically you can kind of know where we're talking about. And so Paul, who traveled all around the Mediterranean area, uh, was involved in planting churches, starting churches, getting believers going in the right direction. But after Paul left this area, here's what happened. We learned this last week. Some Jewish people came up, Jewish believers, and they said, oh, yeah, you heard about Jesus? Yes. And it's Jesus plus this. And last week, we learned what that plus was. And it wasn't a good thing for building a men's ministry in the church, all right? We'll just leave it at that. You can listen to the podcast if you weren't here last week. But... Uh, Paul came back through this letter and says, whoa, what's up with this? What, what am I hearing? You've been set free by the power of Jesus. It's not Jesus plus this or Jesus plus that. It's not Jesus plus anything. It's just Jesus Jesus, Jesus, right? I mean, that's what we learned last week. It, it's all about him. You, you don't need to add on to Jesus. Jesus plus wear certain clothes. Jesus plus join this church. Jesus plus something else. It's just Jesus. And so he writes in response to this problem. And last week we learned there's kind of two brands of Christianity. There's a brand of freedom and then there's a, a brand of bondage of where you have to obey certain laws or criteria and then uh, you're in. You're in. But Paul said, no, you're in because you've been made free. You've been made free in Christ. And don't let yourself get in bondage anymore. But today we're going to learn that it's one thing to say that. And it's another thing to live it. Because it's easy to go back and forth. And Paul is going to talk about that here today. So let me just set up chapter 2. Chapter 2, he, he kind of does a little bit of defense of his ministry. He says, hey, I've been doing this. I've been preaching around for 14 years now. And not only that, but I've been to the holy city. I've been to Jerusalem since I started traveling around. And I also took a Greek fellow with me, Titus, and nobody made him have a surgery. You know, I mean, he was okay. And so I'm just explaining where I came from is that 
you know, I, I'm, I'm a, an authority on this. And so Paul's leveraging this and, and telling them in the early verses of chapter 2 how his calling was and, and how it all came about. And that, oh, yeah, I know you're all wondering about Jerusalem and all. Well, I've been there. And, and I've, I've dealt with this, and, and I'm an authority on this topic. And so then he shares a story, and we're going to read it from the message version because it's just too much fun to read it from the message version, all right? Uh, chapter 2, and we're going to pick it up in verse 11, and here's what Paul says. Later, when Peter came to Antioch, and Antioch's up in this area, it's the southern part of the Galatia area, north of Jerusalem, and, and Peter went up there, and he says, and when he came, I had a face-to-face -face confrontation with him because he was clearly out of line. We're going to get some backstory. all right? You ready? Here's the situation. Earlier, before certain persons had come from James, and they would know who James was, Peter regularly ate with the non-Jews. But when that conservative group came from Jerusalem, he cautiously, look at what he did, he pulled back and put as much distance as he could manage between himself and his non-Jewish friends. Mm. That, how many wish Paul just tell us how it went, right? So he says, that's how fearful he was of the conservative Jewish clique that's been pushing the old system of circumcision. Unfortunately, Paul says, the rest of the Jews in the Antioch church joined in that hypocrisy so that even Barnabas was swept along in the charade. He says, Peter got out of line, and I just had to straighten him out. I just went toe-to-toe. -to -toe. I went nose-to-nose -nose with Peter, and, and I told him, hey, what are you doing acting one way one day and another way another day? Nobody in here has ever done that, right? What, what's up with this? And, and so what we're going to look at today is how do you, once you've been made free, stay free and not go back? Because it's easy to go back and forth. It's easy, you know, it's easy to say, oh, I, I don't like judging people. You know, I'm, I'm not going to judge anybody. What is she wearing? <laughs> you ever done that? You know, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just not going to gossip. I'm not going to tell things. I'm not going to speak about something. But did you know? And, and so what he says here is, you know, it's easy to go back and forth. In other words, you, you could say, oh, you know, I'm going to sign up and do this ministry. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Oh, I hate my life. You know, now I got to show up, and now I'm accountable, and whatever. And then it's duty instead of delight. See, and Paul said, he's talking about some of us 
that can go back and forth, you know? And some of us, it, it kind of works like this. We, we come to church, and we sing songs, and we praise Jesus and all, and then we drive somewhere after church, and somebody who should not be on the road <laughs> should have their license revoked, or they, they should drive after midnight when the rest of us are in bed or something. Gets out in front of you. How many know what I'm talking about? And it's like, what is, who is in that car? What are they doing? They just need to pull over. You know? And Paul says what can happen is for all of us is there's this tension between the new life in Christ and the old man and his ways. And so we live in this tension that can happen. And so Paul is going to address the tension today. And to do this, he's going to re-explain the gospel to us. Look at verse 16. Here's why he says, we know very well, we talked about this last week, that we are not set right by rule-keeping, but only through personal faith in Jesus Christ. That's it. How do we know? Uh, we tried it. And we had the best system of rules the world has ever seen. We, Paul said we had, we had over 600 of them to obey. We had a lot of rules. Convinced that no human being can please God by self-improvement, we believed in Jesus. See, most religions talk about self-improvement. If you just keep, and, and some of them say, oh, you just keep coming back till you get it right. And he says, no, you can't do it that way. We believed in Jesus as the Messiah so that we might be set right. How many of you know you can't get right, you can't be right on your own? It takes God to set you right, right? He has to set you right by his power. And that way it's all, by the way, to his glory, not your glory. Not how great you are is how great he is. And so that we might be set right before God by trusting in the Messiah, not trying to be good. So it's, it's not trying to be good, but what actually took place is this. Okay, tell us, Paul. I tried keeping rules and working my head off to please God, and it didn't work. Maybe some of you tried that too. So here's what he did, and I love, I love how it says it in the message version. I quit trying to be a law man so I could be God's man. Isn't that good? And, and when I read that in that version, it made me think of soul man. Any Belushi fans in the house here know what I'm talking about? I'm a soul man, you know. And, and so he, he says, I, I, I was a lawman. That's how I did it. I, I tried to obey all 630 rules. I, I tried to obey all of this and, and try to be it, but I couldn't do it. And, and see, this is where some people, you know, they talk about, you know, oh, I like it when, the, when the, he goes deep. And what many people talk about when they say, I like it deep, they mean confusing. <laughs> you know, where, 
I don't know what he said, but it was good. <laughs> Didn't understand it. That's kind of part of it, I think. You just go out confused. And, and I just think that's, that's not how it works. I think the deep stuff is stuff like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's deep. Turn the other cheek. Pray for those who abuse you. Does it need to get any deeper than that? Go the second mile. You know, for me, I'm still working on some of those. How about you? And so Paul is talking about here, here the, the tension that we live in where we, we, we kind of go flounder between a lawman and God's man. And I'm telling you, if you'll stay tuned this morning, this message can change your life. This message could break bondage in this house today. This message could set you free, and whom the Son of God sets free can be free indeed. You could be free this morning. You could be a new person. You could go out of here different than how you came in, if you'll just apply it. All right? You ready? You ready? Okay. Here's one of my... Here's one of the verses I've memorized in the Bible. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul says, here's how to do it. It's the principle of the living dead. Not a new show on Netflix or something. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a Bible principle. And I'm telling you, if you'll get this principle today, it could change your life. It's the principle of the living dead. Paul says, when I'm living like I'm dead, I don't get angry. When I'm living like I'm dead, I don't get jealous. When I'm living like I'm dead, I don't gossip. When I'm living like I'm dead, I don't fret when I don't get my way. When I'm living like I'm dead, I don't even get close to sin in my life. Does that make sense? So Paul says, here, here's the key. If, if you want to live free, if you want to be God's man, then there's something you're going to need to do, and it, it's not obey the law. What you're going to have to do is you're going to have to crucify some things. And to help us understand this, I want to go back and look at a story where Jesus kind of illustrated this for us. In Matthew chapter 16, here's what it says. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. He's going to suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and then he must be killed. And on the third day, he'll be raised to life. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord. This shall never happen to you. Peter's trying to talk him out of it. 
And Jesus turned to Peter, and look at what he says. Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind. Notice what he had in his mind. He says, what you, what you don't have in your mind are the things of God in your mind. What you do have in your mind are the things of men. That's what's in there. And then Jesus said to his disciples, Here, here's how you need to handle this. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So we find it as we come into crucifixion. So how do you know if you're not dead? You still get mad. You still get upset. You still get irritated. You still have issues with people you live with. You still have situations at work that bother you and, and, and get to you. And Jesus is saying, that's not what I have for you. I want you to have life to the full. Again, our theme verse around here, you guys should know this by now, John 10.10. 10. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life to the full. Well, you can't be full of Jesus and have other things. So the way to get full of Jesus is you got to get the other stuff out. Does that make sense? And then you get filled up with him. And so if we would just seek to be full of him every day, I want to convince you this morning that this is the best way to live. I'm telling you, this, this is the best way to live. If you'll really put some things to death in your life, you'll really come to life in life, all right? You'll come to real life. And so here's what we got to do. We got to start off each day. And when we do, and we'll get to this in a moment, nothing, nothing can affect us. When we live like this, nothing can affect us. And many of us, what we pray for is we pray for God to change our situation when God's more interested in changing who you are. See, he's wanting to change you. And what I need to change is me. And, and people think, well, if I move to the West Coast or the East Coast or the South Coast, if I move somewhere else, then, oh, then my life, oh, that would fix it. You know, no, no, you're going to take your junk there. Make no mistake about it. It's not a change of location. It's a change of identification that needs to happen who you are in him. Instead of you getting out of there, God wants to get something out of there, out of you, you know? He wants to get that out of you. He wants to clean you out. He wants to help you to get rid of the things that are causing the issues, the fights, the problems, the quarrels, the, all, the, all the animosity, all the evil that happens in your life and around your life. All of that is for us to come into change. And this is huge. This is all throughout Scripture, but we're going to look today at three passages in Galatians because Paul introduces this thought in Galatians 2.20, but then he talks about it over and over again, and not even just in Galatians, but in other places, and we'll look at it too. Are you ready? You ready to put some things to death? Are you ready to come alive in God today? 
Are you ready to crucify some things? Here's the first thing you need to crucify is you need to crucify yourself. You got to crucify self. Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified. It's I. I have to be crucified with Christ in order to live in Christ. And, And so what this is like is much like when you came to faith in Christ. For some of you, that was last week. Just like some came to faith in Christ this week in the first service. I believe some will do that in this service, but, but it may have been a week for you, it may have been a month, it may have been a year, it may have been 10 years for you, but do you remember that moment when you came to Jesus, could have been in church, could have been at home, wherever you were, and you were like, Jesus, take the wheel. I'm tired of trying to drive my own life. I'm tired of hitting the wall. I don't know how you put it. I don't know what words you used. But at some point in time, you surrendered. We used to do it like this. We'd say, I surrender all. Lord, I'm surrendering all to you. And do you remember when you did that? You just gave him full control of your life. Now, what would happen if you did that every day? What, what, would do, what would that look like in your life if every day you said, take the wheel? And, and here's who did this. Paul did this. Look at 1 Corinthians where he says, I die every day. Now, let me tell you something. If Paul, who wrote half or more of the New Testament, needed to die every day, I've got an idea that I need to and that you need to. Because he, he says, you know, what happens is I kill Paul on Sunday at church. And then next thing I know, he's back. Huh? Is that how it works for you? Oh, Lord, I give it up. Oh, God, I'll never do it again. Oh, God, this is it. I surrender all. I surrender all. And before Monday... Hello? Some of you already lost out. What is that? Paul says what we got to do is we got to say yes again to Jesus and keep on saying yes to Jesus and keep saying no to other things. I I saw this prayer this week. I thought I'd print it out because some of you maybe can identify with this, this prayer Dear Lord, so far I've done all right. I I haven't gossiped. I haven't lost my temper. I haven't been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or overindulgent, and I'm really glad about that. But in a few minutes, God, I'm going to get out of bed. And from then on, I'm going to need a lot more help. Hey, somebody identify with that? So what would happen if, 
Every day, you just said, God, help me today. God, put a watch over my mouth. God, help me today not to say the things that are displeasing to you and are hurtful and harmful to others and cause a wedge and cause division. And and God, help my anger issue to be subsided today. I crucify that all over again. What would happen? If you did that every day, what would happen if if you prayed like that? Here's what John the Baptist, here's how he put it in John 3, 30. He says, I think what I need to do is I must decrease and he must increase. I think that's a pretty good picture. Because I bet you, if you do that, you wouldn't argue as much in your marriage I bet you, if you do that, you get along with people better at work. I bet you, if you do that, there'd be certain things that you wouldn't look at this week. I, I bet you, if you do that, your life could be different. Am I right? Because how many of you know what you need in your marriage, what you need in your mind, what you need in your life is more, more, more Jesus, 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 and less of you. So what would happen if you did that, if you just started every day face down? If you just got on the carpet or on the hardwood floor at your house and you just said, God, I come before you, and before I even get started today, I die to myself. I do that. I just die to myself. You know what that takes? That takes humility. And God honors humility. Later, James, the brother of Jesus, would say, if you'll humble yourself, God will exalt you. If you'll you'll go down, he'll take you up. And, and he'll, he'll do things in your life. It's empowering as that happens. Here's the second thing. Is we not only crucify ourselves, but we crucify my flesh. You have to crucify, crucify your flesh. Now, flesh is a Bible word, okay? And I went ahead and used it anyway. But, it, but it's not skin, okay? It's not that. It, it's our desires, The Bible talks about your desires come from your flesh. In other words, from your natural person. Your natural who you are. And so Paul addresses this in Galatians chapter 5, verse 24. Look at what he says. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Now the world tells you, you don't have to do that. That's who you are. Be true to yourself. You were born that way. So don't let anybody tell you that that you have to put that down. You don't. But let me tell you something. If I lived by my passions, I'd be 400 pounds probably, you know? If I lived by my passions, I wouldn't be married right now for 35 years to the same person. Hello. 
Not bad. So if I, if I just lived by my passions, I wouldn't be pastor of this church. I'd be on the front page in the newspaper. You don't live by your passion. Well, but my dad was angry, and his dad was angry. We're just a bunch of angry people. That's just who we are. Got the right hair color, whatever, you know, and all. It's our ancestry and whatever. No. No. You don't have to be. Well, I'm a smoker. My dad was a smoker. His dad was a smoker. We're, we're a chain of smokers. Chain smokers. That's what we are. <laughs> no, you don't have to be. No, you can stop. You can stop it. You know, uh, well, you know, we're, we're just this way. We're, we're just, no, no, you can change. You don't have to live by your passions. I don't live by my passions. I live by faith in the word of God. And what he says, and when I hide his word in my heart, I will not sin against God. Come on, somebody, right? I mean, when, when we do that, but let me tell you something. When you crucify the flesh, it's like I said, it has a way of popping back up. Like, oh, there you are again. I guess we're going to have to deal with this again. See, I've got an enemy who wants me every day to give in to my passions and give in to my desires, but I've decided to live by principle and not by pressure. And you can do the same thing. You don't have to give in to the pressure of the crowd, the pressure of others around you, the pressure the enemy puts on you. You can live by principle, and here's the thing is it may be hard at first, okay? It may be hard at first, but the reward is great, all right? The blessing is amazing. The way the world wants you to live, it's easy now, but it's full of hard knocks later. Come on, somebody, talk to me about some hard knocks that you got because you listened to people who said, if you'll just swim with us, if you just go this way, it'll all be awesome. Just party with us. Just come with us. It's all a party. And it sounded like a party until the pressure and the power of, of evil took, took over your life, right? And you know what it's like. Some of you have been in jail. Some of you have had other things taken from you, whatever. It may be hard at first, but there's freedom on the other side. And Joshua knew this. Here's what he said. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. In other words, don't live by your passion. There's nothing in that verse about feelings. How many feel like going this way? How many feel like it? No. It's choose. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're just going to do it. And I'm telling you, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning 
back. How many are going with me? I've decided I'm following him. And, and I, I'm just, it's a choice. And I don't have time today to talk about this. We've talked about this before. I preach about this before. You can go back and find it. But it's just the power of choices and the power of pre-choices too. Because I've got news for you. Not only am I choosing it, choosing Jesus today, I've already decided August 12th, tomorrow, I'm choosing him all over again. And the 13th and the 14th and the 15th, I've already decided. I've already decided. The whole rest of this year, I've decided. How many are with me? I, I, you pre-decide. See, you, and when you pre-decide, it makes deciding on the moment so much easier. Let's go on. Here's the last one. Crucify the world. Paul says you've got to crucify the world. Galatians chapter 6, verse 14, he picks it back up, and here's what he says. He says, it's very faded. There it is. <laughs> May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. He says, I, I, I've just crucified the world. The secret of my life giving position in the Lord Jesus Christ comes because I've crucified the world. In other words, I had this world filter in my life. And every one of us have a world filter. Now, some of us, it's in a different position than other people. But all of us have a world filter. We have a world mindset. And, and you can't live in freedom while you allow worldly influence in your life. You just can't. And I'm just telling you, if Paul couldn't, you can't. And the enemy tries to get us to believe that we can. And I'm telling you, he's a liar. He's after your bondage. He's after your freedom and trying to keep you from being free in God. And, and let me just say something to anybody 25 years or so and younger. You can't walk in freedom and listen to people who live in bondage. Can't get your advice from people who don't know any better. All right? You, you can't have bound people trying to help you to be free. And, and, and let me add this to the married people. I don't need... Fifty Shades of Grey helping me in my marriage because I don't want any gray, thank you very much, in my marriage. I'm looking for something better than what the world has to offer. I've seen the relationships that the world has to offer, and I've got my sights on something better, something greater, something more that I believe God has for me. Don't need any gray. I want true colors. How about you? So the world, see, the, the world didn't give me this joy. So I, this, is, this didn't come from the world. So why would I look to the world for more joy? They don't have a clue where to get it. It comes from God, it comes from the presence, and we'll see this in week five, the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, this personal guide who comes alongside in our lives and says, mm, I wouldn't do that. You ever heard him? 
Maybe you blamed him on your conscience or something. But he, but he said, don't do it, and you did it anyway. And you're oh, should have listened to that. You know, and he, he said, go here and do this. And, and see, Paul says, I can't stay in the world and stay life-giving. I, I just have to have this world filter in my life. And, and so for me, that looks like I, I don't always listen to all kinds of music. It's not that my radio can't get it in my car. It's that I just don't choose that button. And I choose the one that's going to lift me up. I choose the one that's going to help my marriage. I I choose the one that's going to help me in my spiritual growth. And, And so I play those things. And I choose to watch certain things and not watch certain things and go to certain movies and not go to certain movies. And some of you may say, oh, wow, that just sounds like, you know, that doesn't sound like freedom to me. Let me tell you something. That may sound radical, but I'm telling you, my marriage has never suffered because of it. I believe it's bettered because of it. Now, I'm not going to tell you today where you need to put the line. I'm just telling you, you better have one. And I'll tell you who will help you to know where to put it. The same person that helped me, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will help you to know where to put the line. Where to have the filter to keep the world out and the Holy Spirit living within. I'm just asking you, do you want to live life to the full or not? Do you want to have all God can give to you or not? Do you want everything that heaven can bless you with pour out in your life or not? If you do, then you got to keep the world out and the spirit in, all right? He's got to increase, you got to decrease. Look at this last scripture and then we'll close. He says, therefore, come out from them and be separate. You got to be different says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing and I will receive. You'll have my presence. You'll you'll feel it. You'll know it. And I will, this this is the part I love. I I just love this. And I will be a father to you. And you'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. I don't know about you, but I'm not looking for a relationship with just some deity out there somewhere floating around. I'm not interested in some higher power that I can't know, that I can't understand. I'm not interested in something that's so mysterious that I, I, it just disconnects from me. I am interested in a God who would call himself Father, who would send his Son in the form of man in my likeness to take on my sin, my weight, my rebellion, and take it upon himself and die for me and then come back from the dead so I could come alive in him and I can call him father and I can call to him and he will answer me and show me even great and mighty things that I don't even know about he says because he is my father come on somebody so today 
today, what, what, what would happen? What would it look like if you just crucified yourself? If you crucified your flesh? If you crucified the world? I'll tell you what might happen. You come alive like you never have before in the power of God's Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today that you've set a way for us to know you in the power of the Spirit. And it's not by rule keeping, it's not by trying in our efforts, it's by just surrendering to you. Just surrendering all, surrendering everything to you. And God, we do that here today. We surrender all to you. And maybe you're here this morning and you say, Craig, I think my marriage would be better I think my relationships at work would be better. I, I think I'd be better. I, I think I'd just be a better person if, if I'd decrease today and he would increase. And my desire is just like John. I, I want him to increase in my life. And I just want to yield to him all over again. And I just want to say once again, one more time to Jesus. And I'll say it again tomorrow and I'll say it again the next day. Jesus, just take the wheel. Just take my life. Take it all over again. Maybe you're here today and you join me in saying, I want more of him, less of me. How many join me in that prayer? Raise your hand up to God right now. Father in heaven, you see all the hands in this room. And God, we, we just know that the secret, the key to living free is living crucified. And so God, just help us to have that filter in our lives that keeps out the things that would put us in bondage, that would lead us in destruction, that would lead us into separation from you. You want to be our Father, and we thank you for that today. We pray that you would increase in such a way that people at work would notice that they would notice there's something different. And we just have to say, it's not me. It's not me. It's what I did on my carpet today. I, I got down on my face and surrendered to Jesus. So if you see anything in me today, it's to him be the glory. To him be the honor. Maybe you're here this morning. Some of you may have even tried religion. You tried to live by a set of rules to somehow please a God that, that would be somehow in awe of you keeping rules. But instead, maybe you've learned today that what it really is is a relationship that God is seeking, that He's always wanted with you. One of a father and a child. And if you have not come into that relationship of a father and a child, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God is anxious for that from you. He's missing that from you. And if you're here today and you say, I, Craig, I know that's what I'm missing. That, that's what I'm trying to fill up in my life is that missing relationship with my heavenly father. And if you'd like to either restore that today or start that today, would you just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. Yes, I see that hand. I see that hand over there. God bless you. How many others? 
Yes, God bless you. All right, several hands around the room. So we're just going to pray. Church family, just everybody pray to help those who raise their hands. To Just pray it out loud and just pray it to God. Just take these words and, and lift them to God right now. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for letting me come to you. Through the power of Jesus, I believe his sacrifice paid the way for me to come to you. He is my sacrifice for all my sin. I ask you to wash away my past. Give me a new beginning. From this day forward, I surrender all. Thank you for coming in and accepting me as a child of God in Jesus' name, amen. Church family, come on and praise God.